Let's look in the book of Revelation, book of Revelation chapter 20. Glad everybody's here today, glad if you're visiting. It's an honor to have you visit with us and hope that uh, you find us friendly, we care about you, and glad if you're visiting for second or third time as well today. This is uh, Revelation chapter 20, and I just want to let everybody know, especially if you're visiting, the subject we're looking at today is, to be quite honest, is one of the most offensive, repulsive doctrines in the Bible. I'm just not hiding anything. I'm telling you straight up, this is one of the most offensive and repulsive things in the Bible. It's uh, the doctrine about the, the great white throne judgment. But we're, we're of the mindset that whatever God says, we don't want to hide our eyes from. We want to look at it and deal with it because it's meant to have a proper effect on us. And so we're going to look at this today, and I'm going to help walk us through it and pastor us through the, through the passage here. Revelation chapter 20. And it is um, something I think we can, we can relate with, and I'm going to try to give you a picture of this and uh, put the verses right up on the screen also as we go along. Notice Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. This is what John saw in the future, one of the events on God's planner, one of the last major events revealed. He said, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the, the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let's pray together. Lord, we uh, have read your word, and this is... Uh, serious, and we believe your word, though. We believe that you are warning us uh, righteously ahead of time of what your plans are. We thank you that you've given us, uh, pointed to us the way of salvation through Jesus, which is so easy and free when we believe. We also thank you for letting us know um, of your righteous judgment this late day and time in the future. And please help me to uh, speak accurately about it and helpfully. And may your Holy Spirit also teach us all things and guide us into all truth. And most of all, if any among us are not truly born again and their name is not written in the book of life, that today they'll make the decision to take you as their Savior and be secured as your own and immune from this horrible day of judgment. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Aiden, could you help me click through this? I just left the clicker alone. Thank you. So let's, let's just take a moment. Again, this is the last message on this little series we're doing, Five Events You Should Know. Again, it's like God says, here, open my planner up, and I'll let you know what I'm, what I'm up to in the days ahead. We're opening up God's planner, the Bible, and we're highlighting five events. We'll go to the next slide here. And the five events, not that there's only five prophetic events coming. There's many. But here's, uh, go back to the chart, please. Uh, there's five major things that I think would be helpful for Christians to be aware of. We preached all the way at the left there of the rapture. That's Christians being caught up and taken out of this world in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Nobody knows when that day is going to be. 
It could be in my lifetime. It could be in another thousand years, quite frankly. During, and then there'll be an event called the tribulation time on earth, the seven-year tribulation. That happens after the rapture. And then up in heaven, there'll be an event called the judgment seat of Christ. That's like a judgment, but it's a, it's a judgment in a good sense. It would be like an awards ceremony. There's no punishment going on there. It's just recognizing and evaluating and awarding each Christian individually. And then we come back with Jesus Christ from heaven to this earth, and we preach two messages about the reign of Christ. 1,000 years, Jesus will have his administration on this earth, and it'll be great. And there'll be, you know, no protesting about that, except at the end, there's a little thing that happens at the end, and Jesus puts that down right quick. And there'll be a glorious reign with Jesus. And we preach two messages on it. I love this. I, I feel like I want to go back and maybe on a Wednesday night study it more. But then this other judgment... It's called the Great White Throne Judgment. That's what we'll look at today. And the book of Revelation does tell us a little more in chapter 21 and 22 about a new heaven and a new earth. And I'm not going to preach that on Sunday morning, but I just want you to know there's more beyond this, okay? But these are the five I felt like would be helpful for us to, to put in our mind and have as that word of prophecy that's in front of us that shines light on this day and age we live in, that we're always mindful of what God's plans are, not just our own plans. How many of you, just raise your hand, you don't, it, it, you know, I'm not going to pick on anybody. How many of us have ever been in an awards ceremony and got something, even if it was small? All right, most of us, all right, you know, uh, maybe a sports or award ceremony or something at the end of school year, you get something, or at camp, the Christian camp we go to, they'll do award ceremony. All right, so you've been in an award ceremony and you got rewarded. That would be like this thing. That would be like the judgment seat of Christ. You, you probably weren't afraid to go to that. Maybe a little nervous you have to stand up in front of people and get a ribbon or something. But for the most part, it was a positive thing, okay? Um, and that's like the judgment seat of Christ. Only Christians are going to go to this judgment. But then there's another judgment, great white throne judgment. This is more like a legal thing. I'm not asking if anybody's committed felonies or misdemeanors or, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe you have committed misdemeanor. But anybody ever been, been to court for anything? I've been to court for some. It was traffic. Anybody else? Okay. I'm not going to pry any further than that, okay? I don't want to embarrass anybody. But look, some of us have been into court. Maybe it's something pretty severe. Maybe it's something pretty minor. Like mine, it was a traffic ticket. I was going to challenge it, man. I got one of these cameras that took a picture of me as I was going south on Country Club, turning left on University, and it flashed me as I'm turning left, and I'm like, if they send me a ticket, I'm going to challenge that one. And they did send me a ticket, and it showed my, my mug, my face, going through the intersection. They said I ran a red left arrow. And they're like, do you want to pay this ticket, or do you want to do this, go to traffic school, or do you want to go to court? I'm like, I'm going to go to court and challenge this. And so I said I, I went to court, had my court date, and I showed up in court. I've told you the story before, but I showed up in court, and there was like the, what am I, the defendant? There's a plaintiff over here, some lady. She was in there for like four or five cases because she represented the company that takes pictures of people going through red lights. And she was in there. She had all of her paperwork and all of her illustrations and bigger pictures of me and calculations of how the camera works and all this stuff. And the judge says, all right, and she got to speak first. And after I heard her, I was like, man, I'm guilty. She said all this and that and this thing and figured, told you how the cameras calculated and extra pictures and showed it and I got to see it. And after she did all her thing, the judge looks at me and goes, do you have anything to say? I'm like, no, looks like I'm guilty. You know, and I was, my mouth was stopped and I was guilty. Then, by the way, the Bible says that will happen to people that are not saved, that God's going to show their guilt on this day and their mouth will be stopped. But anyways, the judge was kind enough to give me a chance to go to traffic school. It could have been worse. 
Um, so I've been to court. I've also been in a word ceremony. Listen, this is the absolute truth. Everybody is going to go to at least one judgment in the next life. That is what I want you to grab right now. You will all, all of us in here, will be at at least one judgment. Okay? It'll either be this one or it'll be this one. It won't be both. And if we're Christians, if you know Jesus is your Savior, you will only be at this one. That's it. You will not be at this one as an object of the judgment. I have seen some... John tells us the scene. Look what he says in verse 11. I saw a great white throne. He saw a court scene. John sees a court scene. We can go to the next slide there. I saw a great white throne. How many of you have seen these crazy scenes in court before? You know, I've ever seen something like that, something weird happen. I saw, I saw a guy one time. He was sitting behind the, his, the, the desk there, and he was threatening the judge. I mean, this guy came out of prison. He was coming before the judge for something. He's like threatening the judge. One guy, as he got sentenced, he was taken out. He's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm thinking, the judge is writing that down too. That added more years. Threatening a judge. I've seen people, uh, there was one where, I don't, it may have been some, I don't know if it was a juvenile court, but these two guys were pretty young. Showed it on camera. The judge is back there. There's like the people and stuff. There wasn't that many people. And the two guys were over here. And all of a sudden, one of them runs, and the other guy, he runs and follows them. And they have like their, they, they had their arms tied, but they ran. They, they ran out of court. And they both run out of court, and then it has shows other camera angles showing them going through a hallway and then going this and that. One guy fell on his face and got back up and kept running. But what was interesting was when those two guys ran out of court, the judge ran after them. And he chased them down. And it showed cameras of them going down, going down the stairs. There's a judge going down the stairs, chasing them down. The judge caught one of those guys outside the court. The other guy got caught like a, a mile or two later by somebody else. And it was like, you can't escape, man. They're going to go to court. You can't escape. You can try. There was, there's been a couple of stories. One of them Paul Harvey's told, but I never got it verified, so I'm not going to tell it. But there's other stories of somebody who was in court, and after they got some kind of sentencing or something, they ran or they, they tried to climb up in the ceiling. They tried to hide in the ceiling, and one of them literally fell through the ceiling because it's like a drop ceiling fell through the ceiling back into court. That's true. That's a true story. It happened in one in Australia and another one in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, you can't escape it. You know what it says? The Bible says, It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. I'm going to have a judgment. Now, again, it could be the one that's a judgment seat of Christ, an evaluation of people who are his, of rewards, or it could be the other one where I'm evaluated because I've never got my sins remitted with God. This is a fearful scene, but we need to acknowledge it. We need to look at it. So what, I just told you some court scenes that I saw on YouTube, you know. But here's a court scene that John sees, and he is told by God to tell the church this. He is, John is told by God to tell the church about this court scene. So there's five parts to this court scene. Let's go to the first one, verse 11. First we see, the first part is the judge. Revelation 20, verse 11, we, we learn something of the judge, first of all. 
I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Now, if we ever are in court, let's say we are in court right now. My understanding, the customary thing, is when the, when the judge comes in, what do most people do? Stand up, all right? That's proper. Recognize the authority there. And then the judge can say, you may be seated, or maybe somebody else says that. When this judge shows up his face, people don't stand. In fact, everything just is gone. They flee, it says, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. This is what your Bible says right there up on the screen. From whose face the earth and heaven fled away. My understanding, the plain understanding would be the earth is gone and everything else is gone. Everything is gone in the universe. So it's not like, oh, here he comes. Whatever. No. This is, this is serious. Even nature itself, creation itself goes, zoinks! And it's gone. And we're on, a, we're on a platform in outer space or something. Wow. I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. There was found, you couldn't find him. Where's the earth at? Nope, can't find it. Now the next chapter, chapter 21, verse 1 says, there was a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away. They got scared at the judgment seat. And, and it's probably that at that moment when they were caught on fire because Peter, 2 Peter 3 says that there's a coming day of God when the earth is going to melt with fervent heat and the heavens will be on fire. And it says, nevertheless, we look for a new heaven and a new earth. This is outrageous. But it's, I believe the Bible for many reasons. And I believe that this is really going to happen. It's good to have this. So this is an amazing court scene. Incredible amount of respect for the judge. The judge here is pictured as one of purity, a great white throne. The idea there is there is no corruption here. God who cannot lie. The Bible says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So God himself judging here, there is no corruption here. Wow. Who is this judge, though? The judge here, who is on this great white throne, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. Who is this? The Bible tells us who it is. In John chapter 5, Jesus says, The Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Father, he that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father that sent him. Marvel not at this, Jesus says, the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Peter said that this is Jesus, because Peter said that God told us to preach the gospel and to preach that Jesus was the one who was ordained of God to judge the world. Paul said in Acts 17, when he was preaching to all these philosophers in, in, in uh, Athens, he said, the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth he all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world. God the Father will judge the world, how? By that man whom he hath ordained. God's going to judge the world by his son. His son's going to be here doing this. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, I can't imagine this Jesus, the one on the chosen. Is this the Jesus of the chosen on the Netflix or whatever that is? You can't always portray this. Jesus is, this is, this is the Lord Jesus Christ, who, yes, is the virgin-born one, who is the meek and lowly and lovely, but he's also the one with, the fl with flaming fire. One guy got upset at a evangelist named um, 
uh, Vance Havner. Vance Havner was an evangelist some years ago, and Vance Havner was doing what I'm doing, just going through the Bible, and, and he preached some things about hell. And the guy says, I don't like you doing that. I want you to, I don't like you preaching on the, the stuff about hell. Why don't you pre- preach on the meek and lowly Jesus? He goes, that's exactly where I got my information. Jesus talked about hell a lot. And so he, this is the Lord Jesus Christ on this throne. He, the Father committed all judgment to the Son that all men should honor the Son. So here's something about the judge. Let's go to the next one here. Something about the people there. Whoa. All right, pretty simple. You can see the verse. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. That's pretty simple. What people are they? Every type. John didn't say, you know, I saw all the peasants, or I saw all the, uh, the guys who ever went to jail, who got a record. Didn't say that. Small, great. Small sinner, great sinner. Small, small uh, uh, net worth, great net worth. Small in their, in their responsibilities, great in their responsibilities. Small popularity, great re- popularity. Kings and peasants and anywhere from the, man, the first murderer, Cain, all the way to the last one, the beast and, the, the beast and Antichrist and whoever rebelled at the, end of the, at the end of the millennium, all of them, every sort, small and great, stand before God. Every type, the great equalizer. That's what the Bible says right there, so here we are. You know what's interesting? Again, remember the thought that Paul said, Paul quoted in Romans 11, 14, 11, he quoted Isaiah when God said in Isaiah, I, as I live, the Lord says. I, God says, I, I, he says, I swear. When God says, I swear, it's like emphasizing this is going to happen. As I live, surely every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to God. One day an atheist will say, Jesus is Lord. One day a person who followed a false religion will actually say, Jesus is Lord. Not in salvation, but they're going to bow the knee and say, Jesus is Lord small and great. So here's the people there. We're not done. Let's go to the third one. Let's move along here. The people, then, then notice the evidence. So, you know, God doesn't just do things uh, flippantly. There's evidence here. This is a proper case being presented. Notice what your Bible says or what's up on the screen there. The books were opened. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. This is a proper judgment. If God's going to judge people, there needs to be a basis for judgment. If you were to get arrested by a, or, or just even pulled over and accused of a crime and fined something or given some kind of penalty, you have to ask the police officer, what's the basis for you assigning me this penalty? And he would say something like, you just passed three, stop, three signs that said 45 miles an hour and you're going 65. And this is Arizona. So there's a cognitive connection there that, okay, I know. That's the basis for your judgment on me. When we go to the Arizona, if you ever go to a court in Arizona, if we're accused or, uh, of something, it's got to be on the basis of written law. And written law that the public has agreed to, the Arizona Revised Statutes, where judgment is based on that and on what our actions do in comparison to that law. If I... If I violate Arizona revised statutes, they have a basis for judging me, and they have to bring the evidence. Okay, the evidence here is our books opened. 
All right? The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. Wow. You know, John's not the only one that says this. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12, 14, For God shall bring everything, every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or bad. Did you hear that? God will bring good things into judgment and commend us at the judgment seat. But he's also going to bring other things into judgment. At this point, he'll bring every work into judgment. Of words, of actions, he'll bring this the evidence. There'll be evidence of actions out of these books. There'll be evidence of words out of these books. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew, I'm going to read it. I don't want to get it wrong. Matthew 12, 36. I'm going to quote this verse here or read it. Jesus said something about our words. 1236, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ said about, um, but I say unto you, verse 36, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words shalt thou be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. I don't understand all of it, but I just know that God says our words He's got a record of the things we've said. Now, again, let me just pause a second. If you're a Christian, the things you've said, that sin, is re- if it's sinful, it's remitted, remembered no more. But if you've never trusted Christ as Savior, you've never got your legal issue taken care of with God, it's carrying over, and that record stays forward. The Bible talks about God will judge the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. He'll secret motives. On this day, the books are open. God knows and has written in my book, in that book, uh, uh, for those that are, whose sins are unremitted and not forgiven, in that book is written my actions, every secret work and every work, and my words, and the secrets of men's hearts, Romans 2 says. So you have, act, you have actions, your works, you have your words, and you have your motives. God has a record of all that. For us, all of us in here, and the sin is forgiven in Christ Jesus, but if I'm not saved, it's still there, and he's going to have an account, accounting with us over that. Um, here's, listen to what one guy said. God, listen to what one pastor said. God will pull the mask off motives at this judgment day and reveal that the good things done were internally motivated to make the person just feel good about themselves. They would not admit it or stop long enough to critically, consciously challenge themselves, but God will. When they helped the poor or when they went to church or when they gave money to a good cause or when they were being a good neighbor or being a good sport, they did it to look good on the outside. But God, who knows... But God knows who was motivated by a desire to sound good and seem good, or if some were motivated by a desire to seem superior, if not superior to other people. Sometimes, even the good that we do, I've had somebody, people talk to me, you know, I I want you to know that most people are like this, but this is what I do. Most people steal, but I I just, you know, when I was a kid, I did, did, you know, stole some bubble gum. Most people, and people always try to come to me and give me these little comparisons of like, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, they don't give to the poor, but I'll tell you what, I give to the poor. 
And I'm just like, you know, I don't, sometimes I don't even care. For one, God says all your righteousness is like filthy rags. God says I'm not impressed. But even then, when you say things like that, what really motivated you in the first place? I guess what I'm saying is here's a day of judgment. God's going to see everything. God's going to see everything at this great white throne judgment. And again, every, what does it say? According to their works, everyone will be judged according to things which were written in the books, according to their works. It's not according to how you compare to somebody. If you know you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior today, stop comparing yourself to someone else. Stop. I told you this. This, this will work for everybody. You can always be like, hey, I'm not as bad as that guy. And that guy goes like this. Yeah, well, I'm not as bad as this guy in prison. And the guy in prison says, yeah, but the guy that's in solitary confinement, I'm not as bad as him. And the guy in solitary confinement is like, yeah, but I'm not as bad as the other guy in solitary confinement who raped and child molesting and all this. And the guy in the solitary confinement who did all the worst stuff says, well, I'm not as bad as the devil. And everybody has somebody. And you know what? That's all a waste of time. That's all a waste of time comparing yourself to somebody else. God sees you for your stuff. He sees me for my stuff. And he will judge me in that book for my stuff. And in my case, praise the Lord, I got forgiven. I settled out of court with Jesus. And so can you. We'll talk about that in a minute. And so that book is, that stuff's blotted out. I'm in this book and you can be too if you haven't trusted Jesus. You are in here if you have the book of life. That's for those who are saved. All right, here we go. What's the next thing? The, number four. Let's go to the next one, the summons. Now, just in case you think, well, I know all those people are there and there's this judgment. Yeah, but maybe somebody's going to slip out. What if they got cremated? What if they got, their ashes were in this beautiful ceremony out on the ocean or put on the top, the top of a mountain, their ashes. God won't be able to find them. What's he going to do then? Did you know that... Um, I, I don't know if this is still the case. I don't keep up with technology. But they say when you delete something, do you ever delete a bunch of stuff in your computer? You know, you got a bunch of junk. Just delete it. Ah, oh, I got a bunch of junk. Delete it, delete it. I, they say that nothing's really deleted. You know, the, I think CIA and FBI know how to find that. <laughs> nothing's deleted. We'll, find, we'll get your computer and find a way to find to what you just deleted. And we'll, we'll search through there. Did you know even when somebody's ashes are spread, they're not really gone? There's a soul somewhere, and God, I'm going to tell you something outrageous. God's going to reconstitute the body back, and that, slave, uh, that damned soul will come back into it and stand before God right here. This is what your Bible's teaching. This is a, again, this is a point where it's like, am I going to keep believing this stuff or not? You want to keep believing the Bible? This is what, as much as it goes right here. The sea gave up the dead which were in them, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. What is that saying? It's saying <laughs> that even people who perished at sea, when they perished at sea, it's like, we don't know where they're at, especially in that day and age. They, it's, they don't know where a dead body is in sea. We Sometimes people are burned at sea. The ashes spread at sea. When we got Osama bin Laden, they did a, our military took him on a ship, did a certain Muslim rap on him and weighted him down and threw him at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. He's going to come up. The body will. And the Bible says, and death and hell. I think that's picturing the place of departed souls, the, place, the other place of departed bodies, the grave, where the other buried, all the bodies are buried are going to come up. And there's going to be a summons. God's going to summon them back. Wow. 
Jesus says, marvel not at this. I have a hard time not. Marvel not at this. The hour is coming and now is when all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. The Christians, he says, they're going to come forth unto the resurrection of life and others are going to come forth in the resurrection of death. Jesus says, I'm going to call out one of these days. Come forth. And for us on that rapture day, our body will come forth, whether it's ashes spread, they'll reconstitute. God knows every speck of DNA where it's at and bring it together and every speck of dust and reconstitute will be with him in a new glorified body. And there's going to be another time where he's going to say, come forth and the sea's going to give up the dead. You talk about zombie-like things. The sea will give up the dead and graves will come forth from, uh, come out and, and, and the soul from in hell that we're in a kind of like a, intern place of hell are going to come forth and they'll stand before God in a reconstituted body. Whoa. Wow. Judged every man according to their works. That is quite a summons right there. Here's the thing. One man said, at this point, we must realize that in life, Jesus Christ has been ignored by men, denied Men have ignored him, denied him, cursed him, disbelieved him, sold him. Now he is their judge. See, Jesus is meek and lowly and sweet and lovely and loving, and he still holds out his hand to any person who hears this gospel and says, believe on me and you'll have eternal life. He's doing that patiently for years through the gospel in his lifetime and through the gospel preaching that we give. And he's saying that to people, but there's going to come a point where it's like he's going to, he's going to go from, I had, you had the chance to have me as your Savior, but now I'm your judge. The summons. <clears throat> number four, or number five, the verdict. This is very difficult to look at. There's a verdict. So you had a judge there, you had people there. You had a basis for judgment. The summons was very thorough. Everybody there, nobody that's unsaved is not going to be there. And now the verdict, it says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The concept of death itself is going to be eliminated right here. And anybody who was in hell and hell itself will be put right into this lake of fire. And whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Whoa, I want to be there. I want to make sure my name's in the book. There's a, that, this, that brings up a whole study we could get into, but I'm not going to. The Bible teaches that um, when you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and your name is written in heaven and not going to be blotted out. Aren't you glad for that? Not blotted out. Not blotted out. If you, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, your name will get put in this book and not blotted out. You won't get cut from the team like I did one time in baseball. And I told you about this some months back when I was in 10th grade. I tried out for Mesa High Baseball, and I think I made it through the first cuts. And then the second cut, I showed up at the PE room, and everybody was supposed to look on the glass Behind the, we're all, all of us guys changed in this area, and then behind glass was where the coaches were, and they put like the, the roster on the, on the, on the glass thing there, and, and they said, go look at the paper and see if you got cut. You know, it was before the one of the practices, 
If your name wasn't there, you're cut. If your name's there, I'm like, you're good. Keep going to practice. You probably made the team. And I remember going there like, where's my name? Where's my name? It's not there. I was like, all right, then. <laughs> you know, didn't make the team. And that, that's, not as, that's not as disappointing as not having my name in the book of life. It's not hard to have your name in the book of life. You don't have to learn to do backflips and front flips and know the whole Bible front to back. You don't have to be a, a really good person, have a perfect clean record or none of that, none of that. It's you have to be humbled and, humble enough to accept, who, confess to God who you really are, a sinner like me, and call on Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's not enough to go intellectually, oh, yeah, God, I see you. I believe that in an intellectual sense. If you believe that, if you believe that Jesus Christ literally existed, that, that type of intellectual belief doesn't save you. It's a heart belief where you're like, I personally accept it enough to I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart. That's being saved. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so here's a verdict. Wow, that verdict is read and they're gone. The lake of fire. Jesus said to his disciples, Luke 10, 20, they came back from, from a missions trip, and they cast out demons, and they did all this stuff. And they're like, Lord, by your name we're able to cast out demons. And Jesus says, don't rejoice so much about that. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's something to rejoice about. That's what he said. What is this telling us? So we gave you the court scene, the judge and the, the people and the, the evidence and the verdict, the summons. It's telling us two things, and we'll be done. It's telling us to what I told you, settle out of court. And again, I know many of us in here, probably most, are, are we've done that. We've settled out of court with God. See, when I got that ticket and it came to me, I thought, I could just kind of, I could write the check and pay for this and get this settled before going to court. In my case, I said, I'm going to go to court, and I challenged it, and I found a little mercy. In this case... There's no settling here at this judgment. Now is the time. Now, today is the day of salvation. Um, oh, let's go to the next slide. There it is. Settle out of court. Aren't you? Look at this. This is great. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, this is Jesus, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Jesus, the one who's the who's the judge in this great white throne day, also says, look, we can make a deal here. You believe I'm sent from the Father. You believe on me. You are not, you have eternal life right now. You will not see that condemnation day. Isn't that good? Anybody happy about that? All right, good. That's good stuff. And by the way, Jesus, this is the same passage where Jesus says, I'm going to judge all men. The verses before it and the verse after it. Settling out of court. I like what, some of the scripture says, First John or First Timothy two five. There's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He's the mediator, God the Father and men. Jesus mediates and fits us to be before God. The Bible says in First John two one, we have an if any man sin, we have an advocate. You know what an advocate is? It's a lawyer, an attorney. Jesus is called an advocate. If you get busted. 
you call Jesus. <laughs> not the billboard guys, you know, in a wreck, need a check, you know. Those guys, not that. That'll help you right now. You call Jesus, he's our advocate. He will clear your case before you get to court. I need to settle out of court. Aren't you glad for this thought? One man said this. I like this. He says, you cannot make a new beginning, but you can make a new ending today. In other words, you say, man, this looks like my ending. I think I will be there on that, on that. It looks like I would be there on that great white throne judgment day. You don't have to. You can make a new ending by having a moment of faith, understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ, bowing your head, confessing with your mouth what he did, what you are and what he did for you, and ask him to be your savior. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. My wife and I got to deal with somebody who did that just yesterday. And their name's in the book of life. So it teaches us two things. You're like, man, this is crazy. I've come to this church. He's preaching on this stuff, man. Great white throne judgment. Well, we have to deal with it. There it is. That's a court scene. John says, I saw this court scene. And God says, tell the church with the court scene you saw. And John tells us this court scene of God, the judge, and the people, and the, the verdict, or the basis of judgment, and the summons, and the verdict. And we got to look at it. And it's telling us to settle out of court with God personally. Be saved. If you're not saved today, be saved. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. Accept Christ. And then the second thing is pretty, it's kind of obvious. It's telling us to persuade men. Wow. It's telling me to persuade men. Paul says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I, you know, it's kind of like I told you that these silly billboards. You got these billboards of these two lawyers or whatever. And they're like, hey, you're in, you're in trouble? Come on, call us. They're trying to persuade us. And most of us would look at those billboards and like, I'm fine. And then you get in a wreck. You're like, wait, was that guy again? Let's call that guy again. You know, and that's how sometimes people are. People sometimes hear about Jesus like, eh, I'm fine. Yeah, Jesus, not a nice guy there. But then when they realize they're in trouble with God because they've broken God's law, the Ten Commandments, like we all have. I've been a liar, a thief, or a blasphemer, adulterer in heart, or covetous. And we realize, well, those are the laws of God. Who's that lawyer again? Jesus? I think I'm going to call on him. That's right. That's the essence of us getting saved. You realize that? You realize you're busted with God, and you call Jesus the advocate, and he clears your case. And so it's teaching us those two things. Settle out of court if you haven't. And then for us as believers in here today, you hear your pastor say this stuff. You've already heard me preach one or two messages from this before. I got to persuade men about this day. People can relate. By the way, people can relate with court scenes. You can kind of share this. Look, this is a real judgment day. And God doesn't have any negotiations. And he's going to open the books and see every last thing you did. Things I didn't see. But you don't have to be there that day. You can take the blessed and lovely Lord Jesus Christ who holds out his hand for you and be saved. You can tell people that. You can persuade men. 